Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates and gamblers far and wide welcome in to episode number 67 of the talk in the line podcast hey thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew the crew on this beautiful friday of bets now Before we talk some lines for you today and dive deep into today's action, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. Whether you're watching it on YouTube, if you are, make sure you hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the drop of a live show. Or if you're listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcasting directory, make sure you hit it there as well as we do release that after every live show. Second item on the docket, if you could be so kind and you do have a few extra seconds, go ahead, hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, all of that good stuff. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. And last but not least, head on over to this episode's description. The first link you'll see in that description is the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link link tree, you will locate all of the TTL Cruise content so you can consume it however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, joining us on today's show, as always, thank you again for deciding to come and kick it with uh, me and my partner here on this beautiful Friday. Can't wait to dive into today's show. If you're watching live, you might have been a little confused as when we started up here, Mr. Magnuson was running off of the screen and then he seemed to be nowhere to be found. And then I said, thank you for kicking it with the crew. And he still was nowhere to be found. But then out of nowhere, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself appeared into thin air and came smashing down with the hammer. Why was he not on set as we uh, started today's show? Well, we'll get into that here in just a second. But without further ado, let me bring in that man, the co-host of the TTL pod, a young man who is a little bit bass ackers this morning, but is ready to rock and roll nonetheless. Once again, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley R. Mags Magnuson. Partner, 
How you doing over there today, pal? My man, I'm doing just fine. It is a beautiful Friday morning here in Chicago. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, internal stuff goes, outside it's a little gloomy and rainy, but uh, no matter for us here. But, uh, you know, couldn't do a damn show without the hammer. Realized about uh, five seconds before the show was kicking off that we didn't have the oh, hammer. Oh, it in. wasn't uh, five seconds before the show was kicking uh, off. The, in- the intro yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah, the curtain yeah, was about yeah. to come up, and uh, partner goes, oh. Uh, sh- should I grab it? Yes, you should grab yeah. it. We have been hot since that yeah. hammer has come on this show. We yeah. cannot skip one without it. So I said, hey, it's all good. I'll get everybody primed up, get everybody ready. Just you just send uh, me on over in here whenever you got the opportunity. You know, just uh, can't do this show without the hammer. I, no. feel, I feel even more power now. With hey, this. that's what I'm saying, man. That's why I had you go power. and get it. All right, that's why I had you go and get it. Everything's good now. The vibes are back in check. The stars are aligned. You mentioned, hey, a little bit of a gloomy day here in the Windy City. Shy town, shy city, my city. But, uh, hey, we're making a little bit of our own sunshine here at the TTL Production Studios. And uh, you better believe we got one hell of a show cooked up for you today to kick your weekends off the right way. But before we dive into today's show, us being a full transparency podcast here at the Talking the Line pod, we always recap yesterday's, uh, the previous day's bets, whether we're winners or whether we're losers. It just so happens that as we've been telling you, we're on the up escalator. We are on the up escalator. So let's get into yesterday's best bets of the day. Now present on your screen, reporting to you live from whatever basketball court this is, uh, hopefully someday in my backyard. Mm -hmm. If you would turn your attention to the left side of your screens, you got our mags picks, my friends. He had a clean sweep. Get out the brooms. 3-0 day. Nats team total over 4.5 cashed in the second inning. Astros minus 1.5. Zero sweat. And the Clippers plus 1. Zero sweat. I hope that you rode with Mr. Magnuson yesterday because he got tickets to the window. But on the right side of your screen, you see I did too. Not the clean sweep, but a 4-2 and two day nonetheless. My only two losses were the Red Sox in the bottom of the ninth, one to nothing, and the Twins minus one and a half after repeated opportunities to get runs across the plate. They ended up losing 4-1. to one. Everything else, no sweat, no problem, no worries. Because of those damned white uh, Red Sox, Red Sox yeah. we uh, ended up missing the triple play Thursday parlay by that much. But we dove deep. Yeah, if it wasn't uh, as solid of a day as it was for both of us on those straight plays, that Red Sox one would have been, uh, I'd probably still be stewing on that one, my man. Yeah, but we dove deep for today's oh yes yes special play yes yes, yes. okay sorry the Didn't prime t- this is where I was going okay. the prime time parlay. Is the rebounder of all rebounders for today's show and for this terrible special play streak that we have found ourselves in this week. As you said, though, partner, our straight plays have been saving the day left, oh, yeah. right, and center. I do believe you are now nine six or nine three and two on the week Correct. so far, and I am fourteen five and one on the week. Absolutely gorgeous so uh-huh. far. But hey. Quit patting ourselves on the back. We do this thing every every single day. So let's get into today's show, my friends. Without further ado, as always, we got the best bets of the day coming at you. Kicking things off with Armag's best bets, then my best bets. We have nine picks in total coming at you today. I got five. Mags has four. Then the aforementioned primetime parlay is today's special play of the day. That's going to be segment number two of the day. Three legs coming at you over plus 700 odds. 
we are getting it to the window. I'm speaking it into an existence right now before we even get into the segment. Then after we do all of the best bets of the day, you know the drill, the all-knowing, ever-present, all-popular, Moneyline Dice making their usual appearance and role for yet another MLB matchup tonight between the Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins. Once we get through all of the good bets, analysis, trends, everything there, it's time to kick it into first gear, drop it back a little bit for the second half of the show. Today's rants and reactions. We got the UFC fight night coming up this weekend. I got the main card parlay coming at you. We got some fight breakdowns. We'll break down the current travelers open in the PGA, where the standings are, maybe some potential over the weekend bets. We got Stanley Cup nonsense to get into. We got NBA nonsense to get into. Plenty of ranting and reacting to do today. So stick around for the second half of the show and wrapping things up. I'm going to share a special message to me with you guys uh, today. A little, uh, little something quick. It's actually not my own words. Uh, something that I have carried with me for a long time. Mags is looking at it right now. I did not update the agenda, so he thinks uh, it's something, and it's actually going to be another thing. So I'm actually really, really excited for this now. So make sure you stick around for the very end of the show for today's Colts Motivation Minutes. But for now. Cut all the nonsense. Cut all the banter. Stop all the gossip that you could go to every other sports media outlet and get. You come to the TTL pod to cash tickets get the stone cold locks and run those bad boys to the window with the crew all day and night long so without further ado it's time to get into that action today with the first segment of the day the ttl crews best bets of the day you know the deal you know how we get things started first things first our mags best bets of the day four picks coming at you Got two coming from one game, Mm -hmm. two coming from separate games. Am I correct? Very correct. Very correct on that. I love the value you got. Mm -hmm. I ain't giving away nothing else because I know you got some serious, serious things to lay down because look at those notes. Holy cow, folks, they are glistening right now. So without further ado, partner, you have the floor. I appreciate you. First two plays, as my partner mentioned, coming out of the same game, and I'm going back to the well. We've been on it all week, whether it's me, whether it's Colt, whether it's special plays. It's too hard to pass this team up right now, and you know we might have to pump the brakes here at some point. These trends eventually die, but today is not that day by any means. No, sir. We're taking, I am taking the Astros minus one and a half and getting juicy with some minus two and a half right a little bit above plus odds. Because they are playing the lowly Tigers. And Framber Valdez, lefties on the mound for the Astros versus Willie Peralta for the Tigers. Now, Mr. Valdez, again, as I said yesterday, I could start anywhere on here. But you already know how hot the Astros offense is. So I'll start with Framber Valdez. He is actually arguably the best pitcher in this rotation right now. And the numbers show it. He's got a 1.67 ERA on the season. 1.59 in June. Only two starts on the road this season, but a 1.26 ERA. And he has only allowed two earned runs in his start only once. The rest of them are one or less. All four June starts, seven innings pitched, and that's against no scrub teams. That's Boston twice, Minnesota, and the White Sox. And he's facing the Tigers offense versus lefties that is not hitting too great right now. They can hit it against righties kind of, uh, you know, the last few days or so here, but Last five versus lefties, 222 batting average, 288 OBP, 3.14 runs per nine. A little too low for me to think that they are going to put up any type of runs here on Framber Valdez. And on the flip side, this Astros offense is the hottest team on the planet. Last 10 versus righties, 310 batting average, 394 OBP, 8.4 
zero runs per nine, and they are in a 10-game win streak, winning eight of those games by at least four runs. They have scored double digits in three of the last four. And now you might be saying, all right, well, this might be the time where they kind of cool it off and get a little bit, you know, maybe four, five, six runs. But that is not the case today. They are facing a guy in Willie Peralta that has made two appearances this season. One of them a start. Last start that start is five earned runs over five innings pitched. So not a guy that you want to back. This guy is not a starter. He has been thrust into this role out of the bullpen. They took him off. Uh, I actually don't know where they got him from. I don't know if he was off the streets or in their minor league system. I'll be honest. Uh, but he has been thrust in this role due to some injuries. He has not made an appearance as a starter until last uh, last week. He didn't make an appearance in 2020. In 2018 and 19, he was a relief pitcher, and his numbers weren't that great as a relief pitcher anyways. So this Astros team is going to put up, dare I say, another 10 spot on this guy today, partner. Hey, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, I'm not high on this Willie Peralta at all. I saw that, and I was like, yep, give me the Astros Mm -hmm. once again, not to mention Famber Valdez Day. Give me all of the lefty in this spot. I uh, was actually on the minus 2.5 yesterday, and you maybe not it's a little little risky and i said bub i'm hammering it in and then this morning i said i'm hammering in that two and a half again Mm -hmm. he said i'm on it with you once again and i'm making it my best bet i said go right ahead so there you have it his first and second best bets of the day houston astros minus one and a half and minus two and a half for a little extra juice hammer it in mr mags what do you got on the docket for number three today? All right, number three, getting a little homery again here. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. I'm taking my White Sox minus one and a half against the Mariners in Chicago back off the road after a rough road trip, no doubts. But they got it, got things back on track on Wednesday, uh, and they're going to get things rolling again here in Chicago. Coming into a full-capacity crowd for the first season or first time this season, first time since 2019, and the place is going to be rocking, especially because you've got Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Sox versus Yusei Kikuchi, a lefty. So Rodon, 1.83 ERA on the season. He's been cruising along lately, no problems at all. Three start, Last three starts, 19 innings pitched, three earned runs. That includes he is the only guy over the last week and a half or so that has been able to cool down that red-hot Astros team that I was just talking about. Yeah, that's a seven innings pitch start against them, giving up only one earned runs. He was fantastic against them. Like I said, the only guy that has held them down. Uh, in a small sample size versus the Mariners' offense, Mariners' hitters are 4-23 and in their career versus Rodon. And the Seattle offense had a nice little stretch there where they were waking up the bats a little bit on the against the right-handed pitchers there. But in their last five games versus lefties, 208 batting average, 260 OBP, 3.10 runs per nine. They've also cooled down here the last couple of games, only two runs in each of the last two versus Colorado. So they're cooling off again now after a nice little stretch there where they smoked the Rays. Uh, But now they've got Kikuchi on the mound with a 3.46 ERA on the season. He's been pretty solid, I can't lie. But he's been facing some offenses lately uh, that don't hit uh, lefties all too well. Earlier on in the season was the biggest struggles that he saw, and he was facing some, uh, you know, some very solid lefty hitting offenses: the Red Sox, Astros, Twins, that type of team. Um, and so now you're getting a Sox team, and have they cooled down against lefties compared to where they were earlier in the season? Yes, I can admit that. Uh, but still, in their last 10, 269 batting average, 301 OBP, 5.12 runs per nine. So still getting the job done for the most part. 
And the thing that really gives me the most comfort here on top of that stat is that their core guys for the White Sox, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, Juan Moncada, have a combined 8 for 15 career versus Yusei Kikuchi with 7 RBIs. Uh, So the top core guys for the White Sox get it done against this guy. And I think they get it rolling here today in front of a sold-out crowd that they have been dying to play in front of. So I'm really liking, uh, you know, Carlos Rodon to stay red hot in that White Sox offense to get things back on track, partner. I uh, would echo every single thing that you said. Um, still just a little bit worried about that White Sox offense. I hope they are back. I uh, kind of indicated this to you that I was pretty high on this play, but I didn't know necessarily if I would lock it in. I'm glad you locked it in. So that gives me an opportunity to lock it in without stamping my seal Mm -hmm. of approval on it because I trust you that enough. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm rocking right with you. White Sox minus one and a half against the lefty and Kikuchi. Hammer it in. And uh, there's one, two, and three. So that would mean number four is left. What do you got to wrap up your best bets of the day? All righty. Number four, another run line. I'm going heavy with the run lines today. Going D-backs versus Padres game, and I'm taking the Padres minus one and a half. Padres are heating up right now, and they've got Chris Paddock on the mound, righty versus Corbin Martin for the D-backs right-hander. This is Martin's third start of the season, fifth appearance in 15 and two-thirds innings this season. He has allowed 20 hits, 12 walks, and 15 earned runs, and the Diamondbacks have lost all four of those games. Now, with those 20 hits and 12 walks uh, over a two-whip, you would expect those earned runs to go up even more than an average of one per inning. So I'm thinking this Padres offense is the one team that's going to really skyrocket that ERA. Uh, he, like I said, he's facing the Padres that have won seven straight games. Games. They have won six of those games by at least two runs. And last 10 versus right-handers, 253 batting average, 335 OBP, 5.72 runs per nine. Not against any scrubs team, scrub teams either. Cincinnati for four and the defending champs this past uh, week here for a three-game sweep over the Dodgers. And now Chris Paddock. Not been a world beater, but uh, you know he's been pretty solid, and you kind of know what to expect from him. He's got a 4.1 ERA, under a 4 ERA in both May and June. Has only allowed more than three earned runs once over that stretch in May and June. And the Padres are six and two in his last eight starts. And the thing that really gives me the most comfort on top of the Padres absolutely toasting Corbin Martin is that the Arizona Diamondbacks are ice cold versus right-handers. I've said it before. They can touch up some lefties here and there, but righties, not the case. Last 10 versus righties, 162 batting average, 254 OBP, and a 2.81 run per nine clip. This Diamondbacks team does not hit righties well. And, uh, you know, you all know the story. They're as ice cold as any team in the league, and it continues today versus the red-hot Padres partner. Give me the Padres minus one and a half, no problem. There you have them. Our mags, four best bets of the day if you didn't get one if you tuned in a little late or whatever the case might be we'll be sure to uh recap all of those best bets of the day for you here very shortly once we uh, get through a few more segments here but uh let's keep this money train moving right on down the tracks no hesitation no delay today it is a fast action friday here we go second half of the first segment today you know the deal my best bets of the day told you at the top of the show going to be bringing you five picks today uh similar to mags i actually have two picks coming out of one game and then the remainder uh three picks are coming out of separate games so as always producer colt check a few things here everything looking great without further ado 
Let's get into my best bets of the day. Kicking things off, I am going on over to the lovely American Family Field, formerly uh, Miller Park, now uh, the home of the Brewers. I uh, absolutely love this play. Some really key things I am keying in on. So for my first bet of the key things I'm keying in on, key trends I'm keying in on either way, who cares what I'm saying? My first best bet of the day, the Brewers minus one and a half on their run line. The Brewers bats have been a little bit cold, and uh, I can definitely agree with any uh, um, argument that anybody would bring at me with that. But I do think that this pitchy matchup is exactly what they need to get back right on the right track and turn this ship in the right direction once again because uh, they do have a star-studded loaded lineup when it comes to the bats. As far as the pitchy matchup goes, you got John Gray on the mound for the Rockies, who are facing the Brewers, and Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers. Gray is actually coming off of an injury, and I think that's going to loom pretty large here for him. He hasn't pitched since June 4th, and uh, typically what we've seen so far that uh, this year when those pitchers come off the IL in the first start, they're definitely on a pitch count, definitely on an inning count, and uh, I think the Brewers get to him rather quickly here today because they're going to know that. They know he hasn't pitched for a while, and uh, they're going to want to put up some early runs here. Not to mention that um, Gray has been okay at home so so far this season, but he hasn't been very, very good on the road at all. There's actually a severe drop-off. Uh, four road starts for him, 18 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 350 opponent batting average allowed and a 6.75 ERA. He's given up a combined 15 earned runs in his last four road starts overall, and the Rockies have lost four out of his last five starts overall, and they have all been by two or more runs. In addition, Corbin Burns on the opposing bump is actually coming off of a four earned run outing, rough outing against the same Colorado Rockies team in Colorado. Now, this is kind of one of the reasons why I am siding with Milwaukee, because we know how Colorado is in Coors Field, but we also know how they are away from home. Corbin Burns has been solid in this position all long on the bounce back or uh, all season long in the bounce back spot. When he's had a rough game, you can guarantee he'll go back home and he'll have a solid outing. Uh, eight starts at home for him so far, 45 and a third innings pitched, 219 opponent batting average allowed, and a 2.78 ERA. He's only allowed eight earned runs in his last five home starts, and you take away one four earned run outing against the Padres, and he's only given up four. So that rough outing against the Padres. He bounced back, actually, in four straight appearances after that. And then not to mention, uh, the Brewers have won three out of his last five outings, and all of those have come by two runs or more as well. A couple of key trends. Colorado is 0-4 straight up in Gray's last four starts as an underdog. Milwaukee is 7-0 straight up in their last seven home games versus a team with a losing record. Colorado is 11-23 ATS as a road team and 10-22 ATS. TS as a road dog. Colorado handled business, obviously, this past weekend when Milwaukee visited them in Coors Field, and I think the Brewers flipped the script here because of that. Corbin Burns is going to come out and have an absolutely dominant game from uh, one, the one he had in Coors Field, and I absolutely love the Milwaukee Brewers' bats to wake up here against John Gray, who I honestly don't even see making it out of the fourth inning. So for my first bet of the day, give me the Milwaukee Brewers minus one and a half on their run line. I'm right there with you on this one, partner. It kind of reminds me of my White Sox play where uh, I have all the confidence in the world in my case in Rodon, in your case in Corbin Burns. 
and then it comes down to uh, you know the team that we're backing's offense. But I yep. really like the pitching matchups for both sides on today. Yeah, that was my biggest concern with this play. And uh, once I kind of remember that John uh, John Gray was coming off of that injury, he hasn't pitched for a few weeks. I, I definitely think that that pitch count and inning count is going to be on a big big limit here. And I yeah. think the Brewers are going to jump all over him early. And even if they don't, they'll get into that Colorado pin that is abysmal right. on the road. Yeah, no so there you go. First best bet of the day. Keep it moving. Keep it grooving. Hammer it in. Second best bet coming from me. Actually, second and third best bets coming from me. Going back to the matchup, much like my partner over there, to the Toronto Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. Once again, I'm taking the Toronto Blue Jays minus one and a half, but I too am also taking the Blue Jays minus two and a half. Those are my two best bets coming out of this matchup. I'm going back to the well on these boys. Toronto is heating up out of nowhere. They were on kind of a slump, and now they're coming back. And I am full steam ahead on backing them once again, especially on the run line with this pitching matchup today. You know me in pitching matchups. This one looms large. Matt Harvey on the mound for the Orioles and Alec Manoa on the mound for for the Jays. Harvey has been fade city. I dove into his numbers and I cannot honestly even believe that the Orioles are allowing him to remain in this pitching rotation, but nonetheless, they're letting him drive their numbers down through the floor and allowing him to continue to give up runs. 15 starts for him so far this season on 62 and a third innings pitched, 322 opponent batting average allowed, 373 on base percentage, 178 whip, and a 7.80 ER. It gets worse on the road, folks, if you can actually believe that. Seven starts on the road for Harvey, 30 and two-thirds innings pitched, 331 opponent batting average allowed, and an 8.51 ERA. He has given up a combined 24 earned runs in his last five road starts overall, and a combined 22 earned runs in his last five starts overall. I love the Blue Jays to absolutely dominate Matt Harvey from the first pitch. They put up six runs in the first inning yesterday against a very similar struggling pitcher. Actually, Harvey struggling even more. Give me all of that action today. But if you don't believe me, I also love Alec Manoa. Manoa was actually tossed from his last outing, and his last outing was against these Baltimore Orioles. He got ejected in the fourth inning with an out. He went three and a third innings and he got tossed. The problem in that game for him was the home run balls. Mm -hmm. Baltimore has since cooled way, way, way off uh, in the home run department. And there's a couple key things I've been seeing from Manoa that I really like. He's had five starts, gone 23 and two-thirds innings, has only a 205 opponent batting average and a 4.18 ERA. That ERA is a little inflated because of two rough home starts, one that was against this Baltimore team, and then one that I believe was against the uh, Miami Marlins when they were sticking the ball. However, we all know this Baltimore Orioles team has cooled way, way, way off, and I don't think that they're going to even come close to touching Alec Manoa this time around. He knows he's a smart kid. He knows he's got to stay cool, calm, and collected this time around. I believe, much like my analysis on K yesterday, that home run ball, that is obviously a focus of this Blue Jays pitching rotation, and they're going to start to turn that around and limit that. I love Alec to turn his stuff around there. Toronto has also won four 
four out of his five starts with three of them coming by two or more runs. So I love for that trend to continue as well. A couple other key trends. Toronto is 5-0 and straight up in their last five overall. 4-1 and ATS, actually way above the minus one and a half. Uh, as I always say, more on the or more side of things when it comes to the run department. Baltimore is 0-5 straight up in their last five and 0-5 ATS. 1-9 straight up in their last 10 and 2-8 and ATS in their last 10 overall. Told you yesterday, but we'll add an extra one into the right side of the column. 16 and 36 are the Orioles in the last 52 meetings overall and 38 and 81 straight up in the last 119 meetings in Toronto. Once again, give me all of the Toronto Blue Jays minus one and a half and minus two and a half as I see this game end in about seven, three Blue Jays. I think you're being a little, uh, little modest on that one, I my might man. Be. I, I might be. And you know, if if anyone's been following me on Twitter, I have been uh, Matt Harvey is one pitcher in the entire league that I am the lowest on. And if you're going to give me any lineup against him right now, uh, you know it might be this Blue Jays team is one of two that I would pick to absolutely beat the shit out of him. Um, so I think the Blue Jays might even go over that seven run uh, total that you just mentioned there. But I have no problems backing you on this one, partner. Absolutely. Well, I do appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Let's keep it moving right along into my third best bet of the day. I am heading on over to the matchup between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, and I am taking the New York Yankees first five money line. Thought thought I was going to say Boston. No, sir. Their bats have turned ice cold, and there is no way that I am backing them for the foreseeable future. And once again, especially with this pitching matchup here this evening, Domingo German is taking the mound for the Yankees, and Martin Perez is on the bump for the Red Sox. Now, German has gone back and forth between a good pitcher and a bad pitcher all season long. You don't know really what you're going to get from him, but one thing has been consistent. When he has two bad outings back-to-back, he always bounces back at home and has a great outing in response. What position is he in tonight, partner? That exact spot. So I love him to uh, continue that trend going. Uh, German has been somebody that the Yankees can depend on pretty heavily in that position, especially at home. Uh, He's had 13 starts so far overall, 4-4 record, 4.17 ERA, 248 opponent batting average, 290 OBP, and a 1.19 whip. Actually, he's pitched really, really well against Boston despite some of those mediocre top-line numbers. The Red Sox are only hitting 146 at the plate against German with a 282 OBP and a 565 OPS. Not really good for uh, the Boston Bats that have taken a nosedive here, partner. And uh, their last five versus righties, these Red Sox, 196 at the plate uh, with a 280 OBP and only scoring 3.34 runs per nine on average. Now for Perez on the opposing bump he has been somebody you need to look at and run in the complete opposite direction i know i say that all the time but this guy has been struggling 14 starts for perez five and four record but a 4.32 era 265 opponent batting average 341 obp and a 1.40 whip now you might say cole hey those top line numbers are pretty doggone similar there but he gets so much worse at home. I don't know if it's his home fan giving him the willies or if he just can't perform when it matters in front of the guys who actually support him, but he drops off severely when he pitches at home. Eight starts so far for him at Fenway this season, 32 and an uh, third innings pitched, 313 opponent batting average allowed and a 6.68 ERA. 
the Yankees have also beat the piss out of him all season. 249 batting average, 424 OBP, and a 928 OPS. And the Yanks versus lefties, not great average-wise, but they are putting up the runs and they're finding out ways to get on base. They only have a 146 batting average against lefties, but a 327 OBP and a 6.00 runs per nine on average. So very surprising there. Uh, They're finding ways to manufacture runs and all also, with the Kraken woken back up, Luke Voigt, uh, it also appears that Aaron Judge is alive. Also, Giancarlo Stanton. These bats are awake. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a rough beginning to the season for some of these guys who should be well above 300 on average, they're finally starting to get that long ball. And, uh, you know, just because you hit a home run, it doesn't give you extra average points. So yeah. I think uh, that looms very large here today. And last but not least, the Yankees are 23-9 and in the last 32 meetings overall. Five Five and one straight up in the last six in Boston. We don't need them to take care of the whole thing. We just need them to come out hot early, and I believe they do that here against Martin Perez. So give me the Yankees first five money line. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to be right there with you on this one. I think I mentioned it yesterday that when uh, you know sometimes when this Red Sox offense has a few games or a couple games on the low end, they typically bounce back. It doesn't seem like it seems like something else is wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been watching their games pretty closely against uh, Tampa Bay this week, and uh, their offense has got something wrong with them. So it's, I, yeah, it's not like they're they're getting hits to just right at guys, whatever. Uh-huh. Like it is, it's bad. Struggling. It's they're bad. Struggling. It, yeah, it's not good at all at the plate. And uh, when and that is also causing a lot of issues. Uh, mentality-wise sure. on the defensive side of the ball, sure. you can see. And I mean, that was kind of the the reason why they lost it in the bottom of the mm-hmm. ninth last night. Mentality. So I think uh, they're going to continue to struggle on into the weekend here. And the Yankees, they're, they're going to take game one. No problem, at least in the first five yeah. innings. So there you go. Fourth best bet of the day. And fifth and final best bet of the day. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Light speed, rapid mode, one final one. Going over to the matchup between the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers. I am fading the mess out of the Rangers here today, and I am siding with the Kansas City Royals on the first five money line. One final pitcher matchup for you guys that I simply couldn't pass up, and I couldn't let you guys pass up. You got the lefty Mike Miner on the mound for the Royals, and then Dane Dunning, someone that my partner is rather familiar with being from the Sox previously, on the mound for the Rangers. Now, Miner has been his usual self, middle-of-the-pack pitcher, not terrific, not anything great, but the Royals have been able to hang their hats on him on the road. For some reason, he has been their road rotation pitcher. I don't know why all of a sudden Mike Miner has found success in this role, but he has. Six road starts for him, 33 innings pitched, 176 opponent batting average allowed, and a beautiful 2.73 ERA. He's only given up a combined three earned runs in his last three road starts overall, and those starts were against Oakland, Tampa Bay, and the White Sox gave up one run in each, respectively. Versus Texas in his career, 149 batting average allowed, 242 OBP, and a 532 OPS. I love him to continue to drive those numbers down through the floor against this Texas team that is really, really cooled off, especially against lefties at home. 229 batting average, 286 OBP, and only a 3.38 runs per nine innings overall at home so far this season. Now for Dunning, not a guy you need to be backing whatsoever. If you feel comfortable looking at his top line numbers and going right ahead and picking him, 
go for broke. But I am staying so far away and continuing to fade him in any position that I can. He's had 14 starts so far, 65 innings pitched, a terrible 2-6 and six record, terrible 4.71 ERA, 295 opponent batting average, 353 OBP, and a 1.54 whip. Runners on base, earn runs galore, do not back Dane Dunning. Kansas City has not had many opportunities to face him, so I love them to light him up here early today. And Kansas City versus right-handers in their last five games overall, hitting 256 at the plate with a 319 on base percentage and scoring 4.26 runs per nine on average. Some final trends to really hammer at home. Kansas City is 1-2-2 two, and two straight up in their first five innings, but they've had some battles that they've lost in the bottom of the fifth, and those were against the Yankees and the Red Sox. And those Red Sox were back when they were were actually hitting the ball. Mm -hmm. So I love the Royals who are facing this Rangers team that cannot seem to muster up any type of runs whatsoever. I bet all four games between the Oakland A's and the Texas Rangers, I've been watching them incredibly close. Believe me, Kansas City is 2-1 straight up between these two teams so far this season uh, in the three meetings, and they are also 2-1 in the first five innings. Last but not least, Kansas City right now, surprisingly 10th best average in the MLB at 243. And this Texas pitching rotation combined with the bullpen, 22nd in the MLB right now in ERA, 4.69. Give me all of Mike Miner and the Royals to light up Dane Dunning early here and get us a smooth, clean victory in the first five. So one more time, fifth and final best bet of the day, Kansas City Royals. First five, money line. I'll be right there with you, my man. I can't add too much on this. That Royals offense, pretty damn sneaky. And they, uh, you know, especially after they have a tough stretch against some tough teams, people start to get down on them. But that doesn't mean their <laughs> offense can't stick it against a uh, Texas team that's, uh, like you said, down at the bottom of the pack and pitching ERA and pitching runs. So I'll be right there with you on this one, partner. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. There you go. There you have it. My five best bets of the day that does it for segment one of the day the ttl cruise best bets of the day we'll be sure to recap those nine picks for you here in the best bets of the day recap after the second segment of the show but let's get into that segment the special play of the day the aforementioned prime time parlay man someone sometimes i wish someone could hit that button for me so i could just carry on but <laughs> just keep going keep moving here we go prime prime time parlay told you at the top of the show we got three legs coming at you today not going to bore you with a whole bunch of analysis and stats and all kinds of stuff because we got some real real solid things we're keying in on I'm going to take another quick sip of some high-quality H2O, partner. So if you could kick things off wherever you want to kick things off, uh, you probably know there's a specific spot I am going to be going Mm -hmm. to. uh, But either way, wherever you'd uh, like to choose, go ahead and deliver fourth. All righty. All right. First leg is going to be coming. We got uh, one leg from three different sports coming. We got a cross-sport prime time for you. First one, Atlanta-Milwaukee NBA playoff game two. Under 225 is our play for this one. I'm really thinking the Milwaukee defense is going to bounce back in this one. We didn't like a side. That eight-point spread is just a little too long for us to take either side there. Um, But Milwaukee's defense, I think, is going to make some big adjustment. We've seen it all, all playoff long. 
Milwaukee either, uh, you know, I mentioned the other day, now they're one and two in game one. Uh, even the first round, they went to overtime in game one, edged it out against the Heat. And after that game one, they tend to make the right adjust adjustments, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to limit Trey Young to, uh, you know, not quite 48 points, maybe a little bit south of 40 this time around. Sure. I think Trey Young can still have a great game, no question. Sure. Uh, but I don't think he's going to light it up the way he did in game one. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that my Milwaukee offense isn't, uh, you know, world beating right now. So I think this stays under 225, no problem. We might even see a game like we saw last night where I don't know exactly where the game finished at, but it was right around 200 there at the end of it. It hit under. It, I know. I it hit, I, yeah, I knew it hit under. Mm. I just meant like the final point total. I wasn't quite sure where it hit. Somewhere, somewhere right around 200, though. So I think this one could be right around in the same there. Um, so I've got no problem with the 225, partner. How about you? Uh, yeah, 225 and a half uh, is what I'm seeing on most books right now uh, for this total between the Hawks and the Bucks. I'm glad you started things off talking about the spread line. Um, very fishy to me. Generally yeah. in these playoffs, the, when that line is set at the exact same line, uh, you look at the underdog, you say, well, hell, they covered it once. They got the outright win. Let me get that bad boy again. I think the Bucks are going to get this win tonight. They're probably going to end up covering, but I'm not confident in it enough mm-hmm. because eight is an awful lot That's of lot. points. But the total, once again, was fishy to me. I actually keyed my partner in on this. I said, hey, man, it's at 225, 225 and a half. That is the exact same total it was on Wednesday. And it went plenty over. Why would they set that total at the exact same thing again? They want the public to hammer the shit out of it once right. again. Because, oh, it went over with ease. It, it, I think it ended, actually, if I do say so myself, uh, ended 229. So went over by plenty. Four extra points, no problem. Let me get that over again. I don't think this is going to be the case this time. Defense is going to be the uh, key here this evening. And last but not least, the under is only getting 50% of the bets right now, but it is getting a whopping 77% of actual money wagered on this game. So for the first leg, give us the under 225.5 in tonight's uh, matchup between the Atlanta Hawks and Milwaukee Bucks. Second leg, headed over to the NHL ice for tonight's Stanley Cup matchup between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Now, I'm gonna not I'm not gonna homer out too much uh, right now. I'll save that for some of the rants and reactions and uh, some of the other things I'm thinking are gonna loom large in this game, but I really, really think that this is the Islanders matchup, no question, no problem. Um my partner looked at me. He said, "I think I'm drinking the snake oil now." I I said, "Man, the way these Stanley Cups have played out, with the Habs getting that victory last night in OT, this for some reason this year has the feel of that underdog." Now, will my prediction come true of the Habs and the Islanders at the very beginning of these Stanley Cup playoffs? I think so, and my partner's starting to think so too. This Isles team has showed dominance when they need to. They've showed their physicality when they've needed to. And not to mention um, Krilov, I do believe. Uh, It starts with a K. Gosh darn it. Uh, I wish I would have had it up when I was talking about this. However, uh, got injured right in the first period uh, for the lightning of the last game, game six. And I think that's going to loom large for them here. Going to have to make some adjustments. And I don't know that the Lightning all can do that. And Varlamov has been standing on his forehead for this Isles team. Even though they're on the road, I think, uh, you know, this is gambling, baby. And even though it's the Stanley Cup, this is gambling. The entire public is going to see the Lightning going home for Game 7. Who would you take? So we are going to zig while everyone else zags and hammer in the Islanders' money line for our second leg on today's primetime 
parlay. And for the third and final leg, uh, partner, kick things off here for mm-hmm. the uh, third one here. It is the Oakland Athletics first five money line. Versus the Giants, yes, sir. You know, both of us like both of these teams in the first five in many different spots, but this is the one for the A's. We've got Sean Manaya lefty on the mound for the A's and Johnny Cueto for the Giants. Sean Manaya has been flat out unbelievable in his last six, six starts. In four starts over June, 1.04 ERA. His last six starts overall, no more. Uh, only two earned runs once he's gone under that in the other five starts. He has been fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and Johnny Cueto has been uh, quite the opposite, pretty damn shaky. After a nice little April, I know you backed him a handful of times, I backed him with you a handful of times, and then he fell off of a big old cliff. 5.74 ERA in June, lost all confidence it appears, looks like he's laboring through these starts, and this A's offense is uh, clipping, along, clipping along nice and no problem i think this a's team puts up a four or five spot on johnny at least three runs and shamanaya stays as red hot as he has been the last few weeks partner agreed my friend and uh you know i kicked the tires for quite a while on the giants first five yep, plus a giants half guy, yep. uh it really pained me to have to do this i know but man i look back and forth and there you know when i if i am consistently going through my analysis of a bet and I consistently see red flags as to why I should not take that side, mm-hmm. but I find myself like, ah, nah, he'll he'll break mm-hmm. that trend. I have to take the other yeah. side. So I saw way too much of that with Johnny Cueto, with the Giants actually against lefties. They have been beating the cover off the ball, but lefties are not their strong suits. So I love it, at least in the first five. The Giants might get it here in the late innings, one of them crazy Giants, sure. eighth, ninth inning comeback, Grand Salami, something crazy sure. to kick off the weekend in San Fran. But at least for the first five, give us both all of the Oakland Athletics' first five money line. So there's the three legs. There you have them. Told you uh, right around plus 777 odds. Hammer it in. Uh, why don't we just get right into the action, not waste any time, not uh, even discuss anything further. Let's recap today's best bets of the day if you would so kindly excuse me real quick oh boy all right uh if you would so kindly turn your attention left side of your screen for our mags best bets of the day he's got four coming at you the chicago white Sox minus one and a half kicking things off as we are reporting live from guaranteed rate field behind us in the background two picks coming out from the astros and the tigers game he is taking the astros minus one and a half and the astros minus two and a half and then his final best bet of the day the san diego padres minus one and a half over to the right side of the screen you got my best bets of the day five coming at you two coming from the blue jays and orioles jays minus one and a half and minus two and a half i'm also taking the milwaukee brewers minus one and a half against the rockies the new york yankees first five money line and the kansas city royals first five money line there you go there you have them nine best bets of the day then right below all of those you have today's special play of the day the primetime parlay right around plus 700 plus 800 odds somewhere right in between there don't be modest partner lay down those exact odds for us plus 777 
You know, the Almighty looked down at us and said, boys, it has been a rough week for your special plays. Let me dish these odds out for you. I'll get one to the window, no problem. So we have spiritual forces working mm-hmm. on this special play, ladies and gentlemen. Lucky this is sevens. not us. Lucky sevens. Lucky sevens. Lucky sevens in the casino. Yep. All this stuff. There's too much good going on here. So one more time. Three legs on today's primetime parlay. Oakland Athletics, first five, money line. New York Islanders, money line. And the under 225 and a half in the Atlanta Hawks versus Milwaukee Bucks NBA game tonight. Let's get that to the window. Man, oh and four. No, no, we got the Wednesday Warrior. Oh, I'm sorry. One and four. four. Yep. One and four. On these special plays, this is not what we do. We cook up these special plays. We cook this bad boy today. I am feeling real, real, real confident about yep. it, Paul. Yep, they've been uh, missing by just two little narrow numbers. And like you said, lucky sevens. I feel so damn good about it now. Yeah, absolutely. There you have them all. Best bets of the day. Now, uh, you might see a little other additional extra text on the uh, the screen here. If you're listening to the recorded version, obviously you're not seeing that. So let me tell you, it's the Moneyline Dice. At the top of this show, uh, mentioned that it was going to be a roll between the Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins. So uh, let me go meander on over here, grab these dice. I really don't even have to meander that far. Yeah, it's uh, about, an, about an arm's reach. Uh, so dice are on set. Live and in prime time here today, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, it's time to get into today's Moneyline Dice Roll of the Day. Now, while I get these pristine cube objects out of this fine carrying bag, and I set up the additional window on screen for our fans viewing pleasure at home. Partner, would you please indulge us as to who is the home team, who is the away team, who's the favorite, who's the dog, what's the total, any additional storylines we need to be hearing about this game. All righty. Thank so you, So we've got, as my partner mentioned, the Cleveland Indians on the road in Minnesota for the Twins. You've got Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Indians versus Danny Columbe. Not familiar with Danny. He is making his first start of the season for the Twins. This is actually going to be what appears to be his first career start. Uh, he has made, he's been in the league since 2015, bounced around as a relief pitcher. But both of these teams are dealing with some injuries and they are going out of necessity to a couple of guys. Quantrill has made a couple of starts now 0 2, 274 ERA. These guys are not mainstays in this uh, ro- these rotations by any means. Uh, but the Indians are actually coming in as the underdog, plus 110. The Twins at minus 130. Over-under is set at 9.5 with the plus 1.5 for the Indians coming in at minus 170. The run line for the Twins, minus 1.5 at plus 145. Bet percentages for this one. The public and the big money coming in on the Indians. 59% of bets on the Indians' money line with 81% of money on the the Indians. So some big, big money coming in for the Tribe. These teams uh, not been playing too bad lately. Both 3-2 and two over their last five games. Uh, the Indians actually won this matchup yesterday 4-1. to one. Uh, But then the uh, you know the Indians' bats not been too bad. A little stagnant here and there. And the uh, Twins, we've mentioned them. Their bats have been picking it up here and there. Obviously didn't get it done for us yesterday. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, not too familiar with this guy, Danny Colombe. Uh, maybe the Dice have seen him in the past. Spent uh, four years with the Oakland A's. Was with the twi- uh, Twins last year. Pitched only two games in that shortened season. Pitched two and two-thirds innings. No runs last year. So 
we will see not the best arm out of the bullpen. Three, four, three or four ERA coming out of uh, you know his seasons there in Oakland out of the bullpen. So not exactly the guy you want to see if you're a Twins fan. But Cal Quantrill, as I mentioned, not exactly a mainstay either. Been actually pretty decent this uh, his last three outings. Has not gone out of the fifth inning, though. So not a guy that goes deep in that bullpen who uh, hasn't been a, a world beater themselves is going to be a little overworked today. So a bit of a head scratcher, and the dice are going to lay it down for us. Are you about ready? Huh. Born ready. All righty. All right. So without further ado... It's time to get things rocking and rolling. If you would uh, assume position instead of, of just, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to hang out for the money line dice. I think the camera's just going to work itself. All right, here we go. Moving along. Never know what you're going to get on the TTO pod. Here we go. The money line dice are now officially live on screen, ladies and gentlemen. Make this a little smaller there. All right, here we go. So, first things first. Man, Dice, you are looking so good on screen. Just look at you. Look at you. All right. First things first. Homer Way. Are we rocking with the Rook? Maybe not the rookie. Maybe the not new a rookie. Just, no. Not a rookie. Just a new guy in yep. the Minnesota Twins. Or are we uh, headed on over to the Indians and uh, Mr. Cal Quantrill? We will all find out in three, in two, in one. That is the away team Indians. I was intrigued by the Indians' so first five plus a half today. Uh, so let's see what you got, Dice. First things first, Indians have been selected. All righty. Now, Moneyliner ATS, are we taking them on the outright? Or are we just going to have them keep it close here tonight? The Dice will let us know they've already analyzed, discussed, focused in, and they're ready to deliver in three, in two, in one. That is money, the money line, line baby. Shot, we got the money line. Look, yeah, look at that money line logo, man. I mean, that is just oh, all right. So the dice have officially spoken for now on the Cleveland Indians money line. Will they double down for yet the third day in a row? Will they have us re-roll because maybe the lighting was a little off in the studio, or are they just going to skip all that nonsense and go right to the total? We will all find out in three, in two, in one. Oh, we've got a re-roll. Damn. Home money line. Re-roll it is. All right, All right folks. Well, strap back in. The dice have no idea. The lighting are a little bit off. So strap back in. Hold on tight. Once again, home or away. Here we go. No countdown straight up. All right. Staying with the Indians. Staying with the Indians. With the, the dice Indians. are now. Money line or ATS. What do they feel? Money line Money still. line. Once again, look at that. Landed right on right the lap that. All right, and last but not least, wild card die. Over. Over nine and a half. The over. Right. So they just wanted to let us know, hey, and let you guys know, we are very, 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 very confident in these Cleveland Indians, so you know the deal. The dice have spoken! If you, and you, and you and you want to guaranteed take a ticket to the window tonight. You heard it here first. The Cleveland Indians, money line and over nine and a half. Nine and a half runs in the Indians versus Twins matchup today. What a beautiful look, looking set of dice. There you have it, folks. Never disappoint. You know it. They never disappoint. 
One final time for those of you who may not be watching live and want to make sure you get it hammered in. The Moneyline Dice have spoken on Cleveland Indians Moneyline and over nine and a half runs in the full game between the Indians and the Twins. Hammer it home, hammer it in. There you have today's Moneyline Dice roll of the day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, rock and roll. There we have it. There you go. Uh, just one brief moment. I'm going to do a little fluffing uh, here, a little bit of filler okay. action while I make sure everything looks good uh, on the end. Uh, this is uh, the aforementioned producer Colt speaking right now. Uh, this is not the uh, Colt that you can see live on screen. This is just some random guy who is running the show in the background right now. And now... Producer Colt is back live and in prime time. How are we doing, folks? Great to see you again. I apologize. I had to uh, just step back for a second uh, while my alter ego took care of a few other things. But for now, moving right along in today's show. First things first, though, however, uh, that is the first half of episode number 67, or was, rather. So if you are one of the kind gambling folks that just stops by the TTL pod for our best bets, analysis, trends, all that jazz and good stuff in between. And you're about to head out of here. First things first. Thank you so much for choosing to come and hang out with the TTL crew on this beautiful Friday of bets. We are honored and humbled to be able to bring you our content and share our opinions and thoughts with you. And the fact that you take the time out of your day to stop by and ingest that is more than we could ever ask for. We appreciate you to the moon and back, not only for your support, uh, for all of your following, the likes, the shares, all that good stuff, but also helping us bankrupt these books one play at a time, ladies and gentlemen. So if you truly are headed out of here, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have any other plans whatsoever. We hope you don't. Let's get some tickets cashed. We'll see you at the pay window in prime time tonight for that prime time parlay and the rest of our nine picks once they cash. Make sure you bring the broom along with you because we're going to need that as well. We are H. O-O-O-T, ladies and gentlemen. So, without further ado, have a great rest of your Friday, but don't stay away too long. We'll see you back here on Monday for episode number 68. And we need your help. Bankrupting these books. One play at a time. So peace and love, and let's cash some tickets. But for the rest of you, hanging around for... The second half of the show, the TTL faithful, when we have the opportunity to let the hair down a bit, if you will. Speak what's on our hearts, on our minds. Dive deep into what everybody else is talking about and give you our hot takes on those. It's time for the second half of today's show. Drop it into first gear. Kick it back a little bit. Talk some shit. It's time for today's Rants and Reactions. Let's get into it. First things first. We are live from the TTL Production Studios in Chicago for UFC Fight Night. I have no idea what the number is. Introducing first, fighting out of the red corner, this man stands 5 feet 11 inches tall, weighing in at a beefy 175 pounds. He is a freestyle fighter and will use his knees, feet, 
toes, fists, and everything in between to put you down. The rumbling, the tumbling, the almighty powerful Riley Armax Magnuson. You like my moves there? I love it. How you doing over there, partner? How you feeling, great now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, wanted to kick things off with a little uh, introduction there for you because we are diving right into. Oh, gotta put these babies to bed. Hockey mushroom. Money line dice to bed first. Whoa. Thank Whoa. You dice. Thank you, dice. Thank you, dice. Whoa. Thank you, dice. Hey, apologies. My apologies. And uh, yes, I'll tell them. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll tell them. If you want your own set of money line dice, uh, you want to you want to start rolling along with the crew. Get your own merchandise. I, I, I'm okay. I'm sorry. Geez, I'm telling them in this description, moneylinedice.com website. We put a nice code in there for you to uh, save ten percent off uh, your first order. Code TTL ten. So make it super easy for you. You don't have to go surfing the interweb. Just go to this episode's description. You got the code. You got the website. You got everything there. Pick out what you want. Get it in your cart. Enter said code and save you some money. Start rolling right along with the crew. So, without further ado, thank you, Dice. Thank you, Dice. All right, back into the rants and reactions. And if you didn't know, if you couldn't tell, we're kicking things off today with this weekend's UFC Fight Night card. Cyril Gan versus Alexander Volkov, baby. One of, uh, well, actually, two of my favorite guys who really, I don't think, get enough cred in the heavyweight sure. division. Uh, two huge huge names that uh, just because of some of the Nganus and some of the Lewises and the Miocic's right. that they kind of get uh, a little overshadowed but I am extremely extremely excited for this main event yeah. this weekend and honestly this card in general ladies and gentlemen so as always let me break down some cards for you give you some of my insights my analysis and then Colts main card parlay is on tap I'm excited, ready to bring it, ready to deliver it. I have lost my last two. I don't know what the deal is. I've lost them by one leg. My boy Diego Lima got absolutely toasted last week. That was the only thing that made me miss that. The stars are realigned. It's time to get a main card parlay to the window. But first things first. Thank you, sir. <laughs> first things first. Uh, some fights that uh, if you are tuning in, you should be watching. Um, first things first, there are a lot of, uh, lightweight featherweights, um, light heavyweights. Okay. Uh, first one that I really like the first three fights of the night should be some bangers. Uh, Justin James and Charles Rosa. That should be a really good fight. Uh, one that you want to watch in the featherweight. Those featherweights can get real scrappy sometimes. Uh, and then the other two, you get a women's bantamweight and a lightweight fight. Uh, not uh, super high on either one of those. However, moving on to the fourth fight of the night, you got Marcin Prochnio and Ike Villanueva. Now, this fight should be a scrap and a half. Every Ike Villanueva fight is uh, all of that. Now, I don't know a whole bunch about this uh, Prochneo guy. I uh, I believe I saw him fight, uh, yeah, Khalil Rountree. That's exactly what I was thinking. Back at the beginning of uh, this year, January 23rd, he got the unanimous decision. Uh, Khalil Rountree, I don't know that that necessarily is the best gauge for you guys to see if he's going to, if if this Prochneo is as dominant as he appears to be right uh Khalil Roundtree I don't know he he went and and trained in Thailand for a while trying to get that Muay Thai right and I just I still don't think he has the power he has the skill he just for some reason it seems when he gets in that eight-sided circle that uh he just forgets all of his technique and he just gets too too tentative to just throw it let it go he's afraid to get knocked out I, I don't know what the case might be but 
back to the fight at hand. Uh, it should be a good fight to watch. I don't really have a bet or anything out of it, um, just because Ike Villanueva is, uh, he always brings the pressure, and I always love to watch him fight. I mean, he's 3-2 and two in his last five, and his three wins have all come by KO or TKO, sure. so... It, it, Ike always brings the heat, always brings the pressure. I mean, it'll be a solid fight at 205, uh, that light heavy. Some of these under-the-radar light heavy, similar to what I just said about heavyweight. There's a lot of these under-the-radar light heavyweight guys that are really, really good and bring the power. So I think that one's going to be a really good fight to watch. Uh, then you have Worley Alves and Jeremiah Wells. This one should be a really, really good matchup. Actually, Wells making his UFC debut. You know me on UFC debuts. I cannot get enough of them. Which guy is it? Uh, this is going to be... Um, uh, get out of the way. Uh, Jeremiah Wells. Okay. He is uh, coming from CFFC uh, Combat Force Fighting Championship. No I idea. believe. Oh, no. Cage Fury Fighting Championship. Cage Fury. That's right. Uh, so, they uh, he was actually reckoned for quite a while over there. Um, he did get the belt, and then he lost the belt, and then he was running through some of the competition again. He was like, well, either I can keep goofing around here in CFFC, or, hey, Dana White just saw me have two back-to-back -back excellent fights, and one's a KO, one's a beautiful submission. Right. Let me try my toe here in the UFC. And when mm -hmm. Dana White gives somebody a contract, number one, they know it's a very low contract. What you might not know is uh, those contracts are not worth a hot damn at all in the UFC. Uh, it's just it's just the fact of the game. It's it is what it is. It's a prove it yeah, deal. Yeah, it's a prove it deal, 100%. They typically only get three fights, and this first one is always the most important. You saw it last week. I told you, um, blanking on uh, the kid's name, uh, uh, McKinney. Uh, it starts with a Terrence McKinney. Uh, Terrence McKinney last week made his debut and in dominant fashion fought Matt for Vola and threw a 1-2 down the pipe with about seven seconds ticked off the clock and put Pervola straight on his buttocks. Uh, so I, I just, I'm super high always on uh, guys who are making their UFC debut. So little side uh, side bet there. I know he is fighting a Brazilian. Yeah, I know. That's where I was going. I know it's where you were going. Well, you I get could one, see it You get eyes. one a card. That's not your main card parlay, But, but it's not my main card parlay, yeah. so I don't know. Just saying, probably a great fight to watch. Jeremiah <laughs> Wells is going to be somebody you're going to want to take a look at. But Worley Alves is also pretty damn good, and so, he's a minus 230 favorite. So. Does the first fight outweigh don't bet against Brazilians? No, fuck. Because I mean, wow, that's you, you, just me, you just put me on the spot, because those, yeah, 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 those are my two. Those are my two. Um, no, because debuts are just, debuts are electric. Okay. Debuts are just, uh, oh man, that's tough though, because Brazilian, damn, that literally puts me in a corner between, <laughs> I don't, there. I always back Brazilians and I always back debuts. So we got a Brazilian fighting a fighter who's debuting. So man, I might not take a, a side and just watch this one. This one actually might be the fight of the night. Man. Who knows? Um, uh, moving right along. Oh, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Michael Prezeres. That should be a scrap and a half. And then, um, right above that, Kennedy and Jokuu and Danilo Marquez. And Jokuu has been cutting his teeth in the light heavyweight division here lately, and he's gonna be a name that you need to start listening to. If I'm not mistaken, he, uh, coming off a of KO, yep, exactly, in the second round, uh, um, against Charlie Olberg, he he looks really weird. He almost doesn't look like he's confident in 
the octagon, okay. and then all of a sudden he just explodes yeah. out of nowhere. Um, his style, his stance, I think is also really tough for guys to pick up, and I think that's why he he's just he's very awkward. He just he seems very awkward in the cage right. and the way he holds his presence in a cage. Because that's that's one thing. I mean, you obviously know that the judges do on octagon control, yeah, grappling aggression or effective striking, effective striking, grappling aggression, and octagon control. Mm-hmm. Octagon control is very, very important. And if you can have a guy, that was a catch and a half. If you can have a guy that has just this weird presence and no, you never feel comfortable at any part in that cage, he's going to start winning. Dude's so, got a six inch reach advantage yeah, in this fight. Too. Yeah. He, that, it, it, you should see it. I mean, his arms, his fingers go below his knees. Yeah. Like it's, it's the craziest <laughs> thing. He's just, his presence in the cage is just wild. So I think in takes that fight, uh, should be very, very tightly contested once again against the Brazilian. But I like that. Uh, the next fight up on, Ooh, baby. I believe it's a six. Uh, this, I think it's a six fight. Is this card. the six yep. fighter? Yep. Okay, so this will be the main card. The this Marcana. is actually the, the yeah. So actually, I will. We'll just get into it. I'll because uh, I actually like every single damn card on the uh, on the main or every fight on the main card. So uh, break them down. Tell you a little bit about them and who I'm picking. So first things first. Actually, let me uh, rip open ye old sports book here as well while we're chit chatting, bullshitting, horseshitting all the above. Oh hell, not ice hockey. We need MMA. MMA. All right, here we go. All right, so we got UFC Fight Night main card. Let's see. This weekend is the 5th, right? No. No, 20. No, why does it still have that on there? And why that just sounded so dumb. This weekend's the 5th. It's the 25th today, Colton. What are you talking about? So they don't have it updated on FanDuel Sportsbook yet. They still have yeah, they still have Walt Harris versus Marcin Tabura from last year on, or last week on there. So you won't get odds, I don't think, quite yet, um, unless Action Network might have them out. I might be able to rebound here real quick, see if Action Network has um, any odds out on these guys. Uh, it does look like, oh, yes, it does look like they have this one. Yep, they sure do. Okay. So, um, first fight on the main card is that Kennedy and Jakuu and Danilo Marquez fight. Uh, this will be my one fade the Brazilians fight. I am super, super high on uh, Njakuu. Um, I just I can't fade him. He I think he is really going to oh, start no, making a name. Njakuu from... is not. That's the last prelim. Uh, oh, is is that the last? Yeah, prelim? yeah. Moicano Herbert is the start one, of the main two, card. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yep. My bad. All right, moving right along. Forget what the hell I just said. All right, so uh, the first fight on the main card is Hanato Moicano and High Herbert. Um, Herbert is solid. He's not. Uh, he's not bad. Not not a guy. I don't know. He uh, he lost his first fight. Lost his debut. And you know, I always tell you guys about that. Like you got to come out. You got to set the tone. Right. Whereas he's fighting this Moicano, who Moicano is not. Uh, not a pushover by any means, no. number one. He is a bad, bad dude. He has lost three out of his last five fights, which is actually really, really surprising. But I think this is going to be a rebound for him. He is a Brazilian. Big you know time me. competition the last few. Yeah, huge. I mean, he fought uh, Fiziev. Uh, he did beat Hadzovic. Uh, oh, he fought um, Chan Sung Jung if <laughs> TKZ. So that was a rough one. He fought Jose Aldo and Cub Swanson. I mean, he's had some guys he's had to battle through. Right. So hashtag don't fade Brazilians. Give me all of Hanato Moicano in the first fight of the evening on the main card. 
Second one on the main card, uh, moving right along, going into Tim Means versus Nicholas Dalby. Tightest odds on the oh, card. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I, you know, I am super high on Tim Means. Uh, he is a great fighter. The problem is, is he is more of a decision fighter. And, ah, man, I forget. So is Dalby. Dalby, um, I really like what he brings to the table. I w- my first instinct is Dalby um just because of how how man that is actually really really tough this is actually going to be a really good fight um with all that being said tim means does have a bit of a reach advantage and he's got the significant strikes landed per minute um you're going to see a pretty severe difference because he's they got him down to six two but he's pushing six three six four he's a big boy uh to be to be a welterweight i mean i guess that's pretty pretty typical of 170 but some of those guys are right at six right around in there um you got uh dalby who's 511 so i think you're gonna see quite the difference here and with tim um tim means he really likes to push the pressure, mm-hmm. even and with him pushing the pressure and having the reach advantage That's here. What I'm thinking too. I just think that it it's going to fall in his favor. I mean, I love Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby he is a great fighter, but I think it's Tim Means' time here today. Wrong matchup for Dalby. Yeah, I just I just think it is too. So give me all the Mr. Means in that one. Moving right along, Daniel Pineda and one of my favorite fighters in the UFC right now, Andre Touchy Feely. I'm not even thinking about it. I don't even have to think about it. There's really no reason to. Um, all of Andre Philly for me, um, not really a whole bunch that I can tell you. Cause if you do look, Philly has been, uh, has, I don't want to say he's been struggling. He's lost two out of his last five, just by unanimous decision. He just hasn't gotten over that hump. He was actually supposed to fight, uh, two cards ago and ended up backing out. He just, uh, th- there were some mentality things I think that were in the way, some other issues, um, outstanding outside of the octagon that he needed to kind of get sealed up for lack of a better term and i think he did and i think andre philly's back i mean pineda has been solid he's not a bad fighter but he's had too many doggone draws in the pfl for me to even want to like ah yeah whatever so if i get a push and a draw on that whatever for some reason pineda has just i don't know why in his career he has seemed to be a draw machine but it doesn't make sense um it's it's kind of bizarre uh, you know, kind of a significant size advantage. Uh, Feely's got four inch uh, height on him, five inch reach on him too. Okay, yeah, that uh, that definitely looms real, real large in there. Feely's um, yeah, minus, it was Feely's minus right two thirty on this one too. Yeah, and Feely's a little bit higher on the six strikes, uh, a little bit lower on the accuracy, but uh, the significant strikes and the takedown advantage with him having the length, he'll be able to control this takedown and uh, or at least on the ground. And I, I don't see Pineda backing backing him off at all. So give me all of Andre Touchy Feely for my third best bet here. Then we're moving right along to Tamur Valiev and. Whoa. Hyoni Barcelos. Yes, that is correct. Hyoni. Uh, you would look at that and think rigatoni, <laughs> but in Brazilian, in Brazilian, it is Hyoni Barcelos. Um, you know me, hashtag don't fade Brazilians and Barcelos is a minus 220 <laughs> favorite right now. Um, Valiev, why do I feel like I've not heard anything from you, sir? Okay, you were fighting in the GFC. Yeah, both guys with some pretty damn good records here. Yeah, uh, real, real good records. Um, but when I think it comes back down to it, is it's really just going to come down to the guy who's had more experience in the UFC. Uh, and that is going to be Barcelos. And that is going to be the Brazilian. And uh, not fading a Brazilian when they're that heavy of a favorite. So give me all the Barcelos here. Actually, now I remember 
He knocked out, can't remember who, but it was on a four-punch single-hand combo. Carlos Huachin? Mm, no, it was a, a little white dude. Oliba? That doesn't sound like a white dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Those are two of his last five uh, knockouts. Those are he's only he's got five, uh, five fights UFC here. So, uh, yeah, I'm not not entirely sure. I think it uh, it might have been against Kurt Holliball or Kurt Holliball. Uh, either way, he threw a one-two. Saw that he had him dazed, and I have never seen somebody throw more power out of a right hand while they were running after an opponent in all my life. He threw a hook that got over the guard because the guy was running backwards, had his hands up, got over the guard with a hook, under the guard with an uppercut, back over the hook, over the guard with a hook, and as he's stumbling down, the guy is going down back under the guard with another hook, and they were all power punches. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a little he's tapping him up. I mean, it was whoa. And how he was running after him in the cage and producing that power was blowing my mind. So needless to say, I remember who that is now. Give me all of Barcelos in that fight. And then moving along into the co-main event, one of my favorite heavyweight fighters right now. He is extremely under the radar. Our friend from the Great White North. Oh, Canada, eh? Oh. The... Uh, Mr. Tanner Boser. Uh, he is actually fighting OSP, Ovin St. Peru. Tanner Boser is the favorite, and I think very deservingly so at minus 175. I don't think this moment is too big for Boser. He has hands that should be bombs. He should just get two tattoos of bombs on his hands because they are absolutely lead filled they're actually they're ridiculous i there's nothing else i can say about him osp is just getting up there he's the old dog he pulls off a win here and there Mm -hmm. he's the omega man you know everybody loves him but i think it's kind of getting to the end of the run and uh we see these fights uh time and time again between it's kind of the passing of the torch one of these old these young guys who've been on a run who've been getting wins and need to get through one of these top names in the ufc in order to break through into the top 20 top 15 top 10 and and actually start making a run so with all that being said give me tanner boser here the favorite in the fight against osp and then last but not least the main event been talking about it like crazy another two of my favorite heavyweights in the ufc cyril Gan and alexander volkov i will be promptly smashing in cyril Gan. uh not that alexander volkov is not a bad man in and of himself he is an extremely extremely good fighter however i just think this line is priced exactly right with cyril Gan. cyril Gan has been absolutely running through the competition yes. as of late uh beat rosenstroik in a ud knocked out uh junior dos santos he just beat my previous pick tanner boser who both of these guys are on very equal levels when it comes to their boxing ability and then he also beat uh pessoa and Mays, who were some of those guys that were right in the rankings with boser and uh gone here and boser and gone have continued to move forward so Yet again, I think that's what happens. This is almost another passing of the torch fight. Mm-hmm. Volkov has been around forever and ever and ever, has one of the sickest samurai tattoos right. you will see on his back. It is all black. If you've never seen it, the fact that he even went through that tattoo is fucking insane. Right. Not uh, so much in the age like the last one, but it, most definitely as far as UFC experience. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more miles on Volkov yeah. than the UFC. Volkov's been around for quite some time, and he's looking a little bit uh, chubbier than he used yep. to back in the day. I will tell you guys that much for sure. 
And Cyril Ghosn is a fucking specimen at uh, 235 or 245, whatever, 245 he yep. weighs at. Uh, and that man does not look 245. Uh, that man looks like about 500 pounds of chiseled straight cinder blocks. Yeah. They just took his body full of cinder blocks and chiseled him out is what Cyril <laughs> Ghosn looks like. So I will be backing Cyril Ghosn in that matchup. So there you go. There you have it. My six best bets for the main card parlay uh, here coming up this weekend for the fight night card. One more time for you. We have Hanato Moicano, Tim Means, Andre Touchy-Feely, Hayoni Barcelos, Tanner Boser and Cyril Gan parlay those bad boys up for some nice plus one thousand two sixteen odds on that bad boy. Generally like to throw down about a little ten spot on them. Nothing crazy. Uh, you'll get about a hundred and twenty dollar return on that. So it'll be quite the Saturday evening. You want to get even crazier? Throw a twenty spot down. Let's take it to the window for about two sixty grand total payout, huh? Hammer it in. There you go. Fight night main card parlay. I might uh, I might have to rock with you, to, uh, you know, step for step with you. I usually at least have one that I might be uh, di- uh, different uh, opposing you on, and and then I uh, kind of craft up my own tiny little guy there. But I uh, might be on with the on you with this one, step for step. Well, it is officially locked in on the Action Network, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, quick reminder before we get into the rest of today's nonsense: make sure you follow me and this guy on the Action Network app, so you can see all of our best bets, all of our additional stuff this guy's got his little bit of everything parlay he likes to do on saturdays cross sport all over the place golf hockey baseball football toss them all together give you some crazy odds try to get it to the window you know the deal but action network follow us me at cash underscore with underscore colt him all caps at our mags and then you can follow the uh talking the line page obviously at talking the line super simple follow us all there you get all of our best bets of the day everything we don't talk about on the pod but we still lock in and run to the window wanted to remind you of that but let's keep it moving and grooving here right into the rest of today's rants and reactions all right everything looking good here beautiful all right Partner, if you got anything, uh, I feel like I just broke down every possible thing I could right yeah, there. Yeah, you did. Um, if you could give us, give us a quick yeah. update on the uh, Travelers Championship Travelers. there in the PGA, uh, any storylines, anything we should be looking at. I know that the lefty dropped in about 103 feet worth of putts yesterday. Yeah, he was on it with this, uh, the flat stick. He uh, unfortunately still kind of way down there. Um, so he's inside the projected cut line, but he's kind of t- flirting with it. But he's almost done with his round today. He's at one under for the tournament. E. Leader is my man, Bubba Watson. Ooh, Bubba. Had a nice weekend last weekend, following it up with a two-shot lead as we speak right now. Nine under for the tournament. Uh, Henley, Kisner, and Hecock are seven under, two shots back. Uh, some of these guys haven't even teed off yet, though, so we'll see if that stands for the day. Uh, Brooks Kepka five under, kind of flirting up there again. Uh, you know, not the biggest names. A lot of guys took the weekend off after uh, the U.S. Open last week, but still some big names up there. But my man Bubba, I haven't knocked him out all in the pot, but he has been one of my favorite golfers uh, for the last ten years, honestly. So, mm-hmm. and he's been kind of falling off the last two three years. So I am more than happy to see him back up there, coming in at plus three fifty right now. His odds, so you can still get him at some nice plus money if you think Bubba's going to roll through the weekend. 
Or if you think somebody else is, everyone else is at least plus 1,600. So mm. if you think someone else is going to chase them down, take a look at those odds. Because plus 1,600, I uh, and Bubba just jumped up to plus 450 as I was talking there. Um, Bryson DeChambeau mm. is in this tournament. Didn't see where he was at. He's at plus 2,000 right now odds. So Probably not doing well at all. Uh, you know, probably not. Probably not. I didn't see him on there, so. No, you know, need to get better at uh, handicapping golf. I would mm-hmm. really, because I just really enjoy the hell out of watching it in general. And if I can sweat it with a lot of value. Yeah, because we've had some good tournaments coming yeah. down these weekends. I'm trying to find a shit. You know, ball. you know, we might have something in the works for that. Mm, maybe. Whoa. We we might be up to something on Are that we? front. Shit. Getting to be experts in golf? Whoa. I don't know about that. Maybe not experts, but man, maybe maybe we might be working on something with that. Damn, we might be up to something. Are we? Hmm. I haven't haven't given you a hint in a while. There's your there's your hint for today. Who's to say? Who knows? We might be up to something golf-wise. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but moving right along, thank you for the Travelers Championship update there, partner. A uh, few key quick things to hit on here, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. NFL, first things first. You've heard it from other places, but uh, wanted to kind of give our reactions on it because we are fans of the NFC North. Uh, obviously, him being the Packers, me being the Bears. But Sean McVay comes out and says, I hope he said it like this and it wasn't just really like because you know, that would be kind of corfy say, if he if he yeah. said mf but he was asked about what he thinks of his new QB, Matthew Stafford, and he said, man, this dude is a bad motherfucker. He is slanging the rock, no-look passes in the QB room, asking questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's how Sean McVay sounds. Uh, but I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Sean McVay is super high. Now, flip side of the coin here. Sean McVay's hyping his guy up. Sure. I love what he's doing. Sure. I love, he's got the old dog, Matthew Stafford, who hasn't won a playoff game in his entire career. And we've seen him very closely. And we've seen him very closely, and he has the talent to do it. Mm. Finally having a team, and he's saying, hey, bub, we got you over here. We're going to hype you up in the media. We got your back over here, playboy. But, oh, boy, of course the media got to take it up, bundle it up, and run with it as fast as they can. Is McVay sliding his former QB, is he talking shit? Uh, what, what, what's going on? What's happening here, Max? No, I mean, did he do say these types of things for Jared Goff? No, but no. Uh, it was pretty clear that uh, Jared Goff wasn't the same guy that Matt Stafford is. And as you said, it's a new guy coming into the organization. He's already proven himself as a uh, you know top ten type quarterback, not a guy who's uh, you know first two, three years in a league where you don't want to hype him up too much and get him over the moon with confidence because Matt Stafford knows who he is. So right. you just want to hype him up, make him feel comfortable, and make him feel not only that, but make him feel welcome there. And that's what he's clearly doing. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with Jared Goff, really. No. I mean, like you said, uh, even if he is like, oh, obviously, it's obviously Stafford's a lot better than Jared Goff is, no question. But, uh, yeah, it's just a new guy coming in, a veteran that uh, you, no reason to be modest about it. He's a He's a – very good quarterback who uh, deserves a good team, and uh, that's what they got going on. And I'm, uh, as a Packers fan, I'm ecstatic to have him out of the division, as are you. If my man comes back and the Packers have playoff aspirations, I'm a little nervous about these Rams. Hot take. Jared Goff is going to be the reason that the Detroit Lions do not go anywhere this year. I don't think that's that hot of a take. And he's going to (laughs) blame it on lack of receiving weapons. Okay. 
That is my hot take. Uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about it before the show. No Kenny Galladay, no Marvin Jones. What the fuck are these Lions going to do, man? Like, oh my gosh. But Jared Goff has this very distinct deer-in-the-headlights look that is almost basically key indicator, and it's the first drive. It's yeah. not like we're getting through the first quarter, so it is the first drive, damn near the first play of the first drive, yeah. that you can tell that Jared Goff is not at this game. It is a... Pale white, where's my head coach on the sideline? I can't even make him out. My vision is so blurry. Who's the mic? What what coverage are we running? Is this a double sky look? Are we having two single high say? What is happening right now? And you can just see it all running through his face. And I think that is going to be a severe downfall for this Detroit Lions team. I am super high on Motor City Dan Campbell. Let me tell you that. I think he is an excellent coach and the way he has started this organization off and rebuilt the culture and done something totally different that's been done there in the past two, three, four decades. For sure. I am all over it. I love it. I'm not going to say I'm rooting for him because they are a division rival. But however, I'm still excited to see what happens. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to be scrappy. But like you said, watch out for L.A. They still have Cooper Cup, who was banged up against your Packers. Mm -hmm. They still have Josh Reynolds, who is a stud. They still have Robert Woods, who is a murderer. Tyler Higby can light up the board from time to time. Everett, who can get the job done if you need him to out of the tight end slot. Not to mention that fucking star-studded defense. Watch out for the Rams, partner. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying here. Are the Rams going back to the Super Bowl finally? Are the Rams at least going back to the... NFC Championship, give me a break. No, but going back to Jared Goff and the deer in the headlights, it seems like it's There's way too much turmoil in that organization right now for any any hopes of a postseason run. Give me a break. Uh, Jared Goff, though, back to him. Deer in the headlights, look, it's amplified in these cold weather games. We've seen it in the, you know, he's played in Chicago here and there. He's played in Green Bay here and here and there. And now you're throwing him into the black and blue division, getting him out of the warm weather of the NFC West. And, uh, you know, obviously the Minnesota's in a dome, but still, it's going to be rough for him this year, man. I yep. uh, I don't have too, uh, too high of expectations. If they still had Kenny Galladay, and uh, that, that wouldn't really change me that much. But no, that because would help. Would help. golf had Woods and Cup, arguably uh, yeah, two yeah, of the best exactly. fantasy right. producers in the and entire league. And Sean McVay. <laughs> and like, Sean McVay. I mean, for crying out loud, like if, yep. you, if you don't go into your fantasy draft trying to target Robert Woods at Cooper Cup, at least in your wide receiver two spot, you're out of your fucking mind. Right. <laughs> like, no you question. just are. That's, that's point blank, period. So... Hey, the jury's out. What's going to happen in L.A.? What's going to happen in Detroit? But uh, you heard our hot takes. You know where we lie, where we stand. And uh, watch out for the Lions, or watch out for the Rams, and uh, <laughs> you might want to fade the old watch Lions. Watch out for uh, the football if you're in the stands Yeah, when yeah. Jared Goff is on the field. Big time. There you go. Keep it moving right along into the MLB. First pit stop. Congratulations to my Cubbies. Let's go, baby. 17th official no-hitter in team history. And after Ryan Tapera came in, followed by Andrew Chafin, and closed out by Andrew Kimbrell. Andrew Kimbrell, what the hell? What did... What? Am I okay? I don't think you're okay, dude. Craig Kimbrell. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Craig Kimbrell got the first combined no-no in team history. How about Good that action, man. man? Good for you. How Against about the Dodgers, that? no less. Yeah, baby. 
We talked about it earlier with the Red Sox offense being uh, having some trouble. I think there's something wrong with this Dodgers offense as well. No shame, uh, or no, not shame, no disrespect to the Cubs pitching staff because they pitched great, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's something wrong with that Dodgers offense right now. I think so, too. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go next with that, honestly. I mean, some of these teams, and they really have been struggling all year from the plate. It hasn't been yeah, just not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just hasn't been Dodger baseball right. from the plate. Like, it's really bizarre. So, I don't know. Now, will they probably make the postseason? Yeah, absolutely. But it could be some weird, weird games for the Dodgers here come postseason time, come September, October. Who knows? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on there. I mean, shit, their division. You got two other teams other that, that are improving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're improving. Giants and Padres yeah. right along with them. I yeah. mean, and the Dodgers seem to be not improving. So you get them in one of those wild card games, which is very possible. Who knows? Who knows what who the knows? hell happens? Absolutely, best of five. It could be over best of three. Best unless of they three. Change yeah, it. That, they yeah, they. It. I, don't I don't know. Think they did. I don't think they did last year. So yeah, there you go. It's a game. That's a wrap. Paper or plastic. Who knows? But there you got that. Uh, Want to remind you guys too. All star. All-Star Weekend coming up very, 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 very soon. Make sure you uh, get your All-Star voting done, MLB.com slash vote. Um, hey, there's a free plug for you, MLB, you piece of shit. <laughs> That's um, necessary. Yes, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of it. Don't sure, know if anybody sure, else sure. is a big fan of it. If they wanted to vote but didn't know how the fuck to vote, now they do know how to vote. Uh, don't know why I gave a free plug to the MLB because Rob Manfred is driving that league through the ground right now. But uh, hey, if you want to see some of your favorite players i do know that some of our cubbies have already made it on through the uh elimination round now it's into the who are actually going to be the starters and the bench players um so the cubbies have a couple of guys who are high up there so you want to see some of our cubby players in there go smash in your votes every vote counts you know it ladies and gentlemen but uh, if you're a Sox fan make sure you hammer them in there too we need some we need some al guys obviously for the opposing team yeah. that's going to get their ass someone's got to be there yeah some so, somebody somebody has to get their ass whooped and uh somebody's somebody's got to take home home field advantage for the world series so they stopped doing that a couple years ago oh did they really mm-hmm. no kidding mm-hmm. where have i been i don't know get out of dodge like two, dude. three years ago yeah get out of dodge That's i didn't smart. know that mm-hmm. wow <laughs> learn something new every day <laughs> here you go they no longer officially do that so what's the point of the damn all-star game then yeah i mean this yeah. fun little all-star yeah. game hot dog <laughs> all right <laughs> there you go all right <laughs> so that does it oh also war on sticky stuff rages on but uh nothing quite too noteworthy to dive into guys are still getting checked it's kind of bizarre actually had a shortstop come in to uh one of those you know um position players hey throw an inning get us the fuck out of here let's hit the bus hit the showers go home they check him for pine tar and sticky stuff yeah i i just briefly saw it i don't even know who it was i didn't even recognize the face that's like how briefly i saw it and i was like oh wait 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 i gotta go back to that and by the time i went back to that Twitter had already yeah engulfed it and it was gone into the abyss. So I was like, gosh darn it. Who was I think it was I think it was on the Tigers. I think it was on the Tigers because they were just getting piss whiffed by know, the, Tigers, the Astros. Orioles, one of those I teams. think it was the Tigers. I'll, I'll look into it. If I can find the video, I'll put it out from uh, one of our pages, whatever the case might be. But that uh that about does it for the MLB. Nothing crazy else coming out of there. Quick pit stop by the hardwood. Last night's NBA action, my friend, uh, we called it, told you, told you you should uh, zig while everybody else is zagging, stay away from the public, don't bet the Suns, a lot of you guys still bet the Suns, and you lost your asses off. 
I uh, we predicted a little bit of rust from Chris Paul and we saw uh, not even rust from Devin Booker, just a little bit of a you know regression. Those guys were rusty. That mask was not doing it for Devin Booker. I'm uh, interested to see. Uh, well, first of all, it looked like he forgot his mask at home. Yeah, you know, like he for, he forgot his face mask at home. He's oh shucks, what am I gonna do? Getting out of his car and he sees his Aquafina bottle sitting there <laughs> and his girl's headband and he Kendall cuts Jen- the Aquafina. Kendall Jenner's headband. Kendall Jenner headband whatever <laughs> like i give a damn she's been uh, i can't say that i'm not i'm not well we're not gonna go there because every ball player in the okay whatever anyway uh, moving right along cut the water bottle right in half attached said headband to water bottle and just stuck it on his face and said yep this will work yeah he wasn't good no not he at all then that face mask ball. looked goofy as all get out so yeah, no campaign he left the game so yeah those clippers i mean it was a low scoring game of the clippers Game three, Clippers down 2-0. They are uh, red hot. And, I mean, yeah. everyone's talking about, oh, the Clippers down 2-0 are the best team in the world. And what about the Clippers down 2-1? Yeah. What about the Clippers down 2-1? That very well might be the best team. Might be back on the Clippers again. I don't know. I think that I'm going to have to back them, especially with how bad the Suns are ATS in L.A. historically, not only this year, but historically also. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the Clippers. I, the I, right I think now, the Clippers have a serious, serious opportunity to uh, <laughs> get back into to it. get back into it and maybe take this series. Yeah, I don't know. Man. I mean, holy cow! It, it is very interesting. But because of all of the in-game heroics yesterday, Tyron Lue is now being compared to the Bill Belichick of the NBA with the in-game adjustments he has the ability to make. Very humbly. No, no, I'm nowhere close to Bill Belichick. Yeah, that man is that man is very, very great. But I will give him props. His in-game adjustments are electric. Yeah. He does not give a shit who the name is, what you're doing. If you are hurting the team and there is somebody else that can effectively benefit the team, you are getting sat and he's going to put them in. Yeah. It don't matter who you are. And that is the reason why the Clippers were able to win last night and find themselves yet again in another opportunity to scratch and claw back in a series and maybe get it in seven. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see the comparison as far as what you said. By definition, uh, okay, as far as you know, take away the accolades, but comparing him to a guy with seven championship rings is a little outlandish. Yeah, but uh, no, he's been fantastic. I mean, especially uh, keeping his team cool, calm, and collected down two o two one in these series. So. I think they keep it moving and uh, get back 2-2, heading back to Phoenix. I believe that game is tomorrow. I don't know why it wouldn't be. haven't dove into those lines yet, but I'm going to say the Clippers, man. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I will definitely go ahead and rock with you if you're rocking with it as well, but we'll be sure to put it out on the Action app. We'll have uh, whatever bets we're taking tomorrow. You know, Saturday's the deal. We ain't got no pod, no show, no newsletter, no nothing, so we just rip out plays via the Bird app Twitter for uh, you older generation that listen in uh, moving right along uh that's about all that lies we uh kind of discussed already some of the uh potential things we're seeing tonight from the bucks and the hawks um i think the the hawks have an opportunity to get the win outright again i just I, the way these playoffs have unfolded and the way the books have been mm-hmm. making the lines in the playoffs this uh, you just you you learn from trends you <laughs> you lose a couple times and you say oh hey i'm not gonna fall into that trap again right. so i don't know and having said that it's still a minus eight for the bucks seems too many points too good to, to be true. go too good to be the true bucks, so uh, probably staying away and of course we already hammered in the under uh for that parlay so absolutely and uh last but not least quick little bit of nhl ice mm-hmm. did i tell you or did i fucking tell you 
You fucking told us, man. You've been telling us for a month and a half, I think. Hockey's coming home. I said, hockey's coming home. Are you serious? Are you serious? The Habs, baby? I got some stats for you. I got some stats. I came prepared, ladies and gentlemen, because I was waiting for this day, for this moment. There have been five, six Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup Finals in the last 30 seasons, one of them being my Habs. When my Habs were in that Stanley Cup Final, they won it. The other five teams, Canucks, Flames, Oilers, Senators, and Canucks again, all five of those teams lost the Stanley Cup Final. Now rounding it out with the seventh team in the last 30 seasons once again, my Montreal Canadiens, mm -hmm. and the last time they were there, they got the job done. They got the job done, man. So leads me into my next point, unless go you ahead. got anything. No, go ahead, go ahead. Leads me into my next point. Is my prediction going to come true tonight? Uh, as far as our parlay is concerned, I sure damn hope so. I think it and is. And I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not yeah. a big enough hockey guy to stick to my guns and stick to my prediction because I, I really don't care if I'm wrong, and I... I hope that you're right on this one because, I mean, the underdogs, when you don't care as much, are, uh, are the way to go as far as the fun department is concerned. I have been talking about the Canadians versus the Islanders in the Stanley Cup Finals <laughs> for literally a month now. I mean, the only even if you only get one of them, especially the Habs, man, that uh, props After to you. After going down 3-1, I said, I think it's a wrap, pal. I think you could probably jump off this uh, this bandwagon. You said, I don't know, man. No, sir. I don't know. And I've just been sticking strong. Sticking strong the whole time. We got into OT last night and just, oh, man. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even like start jumping up and down. And, and like, I just, I was sitting watching and just the biggest smile just came on my face. Like, my, all of my energy was just in my smile. Like, <laughs> I was just so happy. I was like, man, I've been talking about this for a month. And they, they have been, had the opportunity to be eliminated time and time and time again. And they will not go away. I mean, they are such a fun team to watch. And I think it's the same case with the Islanders, man. I, everything in my being is telling me that I cannot pass up on the Islanders here because I'm looking at this and all I can see is that the public's public sees the defending champs, sees the eight, no game, sees them going right back to the ice that that eight, no game happened and just going to be hammering the shit out of them. I can already see the lightning Stanley cup futures being hammered in right now. I can already see it happening. They don't even, th nobody even thinks that they, the Habs have a chance against that team, man. I think we're going to be telling you guys about 10 o'clock tonight that the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Islanders are the two teams playing for the Stanley Cup final. So let me ask you this. Canadians versus Islanders, Canadians versus Lightning. Are you taking the Canadians in both cases? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. No question. No question. I haven't quite locked in um, uh, my Habs ticket future because if for some reason this game does not fall in our favor tonight, which everything seems to be that it will, and uh, not putting any bad juju out for the primetime parlay. Um, if it doesn't fall in the favor, you're going to get some much, much juicier odds oh, that's fair. on the Habs yeah, yeah. If, if the, the lightning, lightning gets that's through. Totally fair. And I love them against the Lightning. That's so totally I just think their style of play is that same 
quick, fast-paced, chippy play, and then we get back on defense and lower the boom. And that's the same way the Lightning play. So I think that could be a Game 7 game seven series. They go absolutely yeah. R- ridiculous. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And these games have been so damn oh, like, so exciting, good. man. So <laughs> good. 2-2 last night, and then OT ends mm-hmm. about uh, eight minutes in or so. I, I mean, think it might have been last, but either way. Either way, I mean, just absolutely electric, man. I mean, so, so good. Um, other than that, anything in NHL Wives you saw across your eye didn't... Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Holy cow. Today's rants and reactions. We got the UFC covered. This weekend's fight night card. We got you the main card parlay. Our mags recap the Travelers Championship going on right now. We dove deep into some Lions and uh, uh, Rams. I was going to say Detroit Rams. I'm all over the place. Lions and Rams conversation. McVay hyping up his new man, Matthew Stafford. And we don't believe that he is uh, throwing any shade at Jared Goff whatsoever. Then, uh, you know, quick cap. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs playoffs a little bit of mlb action we got it all for you we gave it all to you anything i didn't cover anything we didn't uh, bounce on any late breaking news any updates anything nonsense around these parts here mags you know i'll take this as my uh you know last second chance here right now how about that oh our last second uh update drop in well, partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have obviously been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us goofy stuff on episode number 67. So I kind of saw it actually as I was uh, videotaping our uh, Moneyline Dice segment. You got an alert from something that said something about Chad o- Ochocinco and what he thought of his hockey chances if he were to play as a Let's kid. Let's go. He said, if I played hockey, I would have been Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> And I saw, I, I don't know if this is stemmed from yesterday, there was like some, uh, I don't know if it was a big page, a small page, and then it blew up, but then people were kind of conversing about what is the, either what is the easiest or what is the hardest sport to play, and athletically, some people said baseball, but then people who put playing baseball said maybe athletically, but as far as actually hitting a baseball, hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do, and then someone I saw said like, you, uh, I mean, like, I'm, USA doesn't breed hockey players the same way that the rest of the world does. So do you mm-hmm. think if our best athletes in the world started playing hockey at a young age, you don't think that they would be at the top stage? I don't know if that's what stemmed it, but Chad Ochocinco comes out and says that if he played hockey, he would have been Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> well, hey, if you don't know who Pavel Datsuk Hall is, Famer? Hall of Famer means uh, Chad Ochocinco I mean, would have been just as badass on the ice. I don't know as he about Hall of Famer, but I mean the dude. We just saw him in the boxing ring. We saw Held him. His own. We saw him kick the tires on playing soccer, and I don't think he was terrible. I could be totally wrong. On Mind that. you, all the while eating nothing but Big Macs, chicken nuggets, and French <laughs> yeah, fries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so, this guy is he's, he's a, a freak athlete. He's so. a different type of human do i think he could have been in the nhl if he started playing hockey as uh you know as a five-year-old what probably what's the name of their podcast what you think i don't know ah doggone it it's brad it's brandon marshall um oh 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 uh antoine Bethay and then or not antoine Bethay. i don't know it's a great podcast i can't ah. think of the doggone name now i'm blanking on it whatever so am i because i mean you I, I, the only reason i know is because of brandon marshall brandon marshall losing his mind a yeah ago, yeah ago. uh either way i can't think of what it either is. way good show uh look it up i wish i could tell you the name i can't gosh darn it i wish i could remember it. either way thank you for the sidebar mr magnus and maybe we will see chad ochocinco lace up the skates and hit the ice at some point in time but you heard it here first he believes that he would have been pavel datsuk had he started playing hockey at a young age i am athlete i am athlete goodness gracious man i was thinking like 
I don't I don't even know what I was thinking. Like I kept thinking the no, I kept the, all the I knew it wasn't this one, but all the smoke is the one that kept popping oh, in my head. But that's, that's not right. it. That's right. That's, that's right. not the one, obviously. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you for your sidebar, Mister Magnuson. And uh, with that, that about wrap up today's rants and reactions. Let's wrap up the entire show. The only way I know how to wrap things up here with a little motivation minutes, huh? Go for it. All right. So. Time to get into those. Today's motivation minutes. Now, um, had a quote cooked up and had some thoughts on it. And I got to walking out into the studio and I said, nah, I got something else on my heart. I got something else on the brain. Now, I have actually uh, shared this at the bottom, very bottom of a newsletter, um, just the audio clip of it. And I've also said it one other time on the pod, but I've never done it live. And it probably actually back in like February. Like it's it's been some time. Um, you might remember it, but um, I know we have a lot of new viewers, a lot of new people. And obviously with my message yesterday being keep going, I uh, kind of wanted to build on that. And this whole message uh, pretty much hits the the hammer right on the, the nail. Um, it is from, <laughs> it is from uh, Chris Ellington. Uh, he does an intro on um, one of Gemstones, the artist Gemstones, one of his songs. And the power behind the message and the words that he says that I'm about to share with you guys um, for being the beginning of a rap song are bar none some of my favorite words that I've ever heard lyricized or put in any type of a flow or something like that. Um, what it has, what it does, what it's done for my life uh, to be able to hang on to, to these, I... I it's, it's something very special to me, very important to me. So I always like to pay it forward when I find things like this, share it uh, as always, if it only impacts one of you or reaches one of you, then I did my job. But without further ado, let me stop yapping about it, talking about it, chattering about it, um, and give it to you guys live in prime time. And I, I really won't have much else to uh, say after I wrap it up. Uh, I'm just going to let you guys kind of spin on it. So without further ado, here we go. Our species does and is only evolving. It is only natural that over time we must endure trial, error, and emptiness, which builds moral spirit and backbone. With hope comes progress. Control is an illusion. We are at best mere passengers abroad a drifted vessel, and that which causes us trials shall yield us triumph. And what makes our hearts ache shall fill us with happiness. True happiness is to love, learn, live, and advance, which cannot occur without error, ignorance, or imperfection. The greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time you fall. Only a fool would think that there's a road of flowers leading to glory, and a man with sense is not discouraged by difficulties. He only knows to redouble his industries and his diligence, remembering that life isn't about where you are, more so where you're aiming. And we all know a person aiming at nothing is sure to hit it. So make space for perseverance in your mind, heart, and soul. It is in seeing this that you will prevail at last. That does it for my motivation minutes. That's good stuff. Appreciate That's it. Good stuff. I feel good. Appreciate it, my man. <laughs> it, uh, it always, <laughs> always gets me choked up as I kind of get to the end there. Um, 
the 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 most key part that I want you guys to take that just that is is so so critical. Only a fool would think that there's a road of flowers leading to glory. Mm-hmm. This shit ain't easy. This life ain't easy. But a man with sense is not discouraged by difficulties. He only knows to redouble his industries and his diligence. Favorite part. Remembering that life isn't about where you are. More so where you're aiming. And we all know a person aiming at nothing is sure to hit it. Go get it today, my friends. You got all of this. This life is yours. It's there for the taking. It's time to persevere. It's time to give your best effort. Apply some of those words. Rewind this. Rewind this some bitch if you need to. Get those words again. Because they are so key. They are so important. Shit, they still get me choked up to this day when I talk about them. Because they have that big of an impact. They mean that much. So uh, listen to those a few times. Keep this handy. Keep this safe. If you want to um, hear the actual real version, uh, it is uh, intro number one by Gemstones featuring Chris Ellington. And that is E-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, Chris Ellington. And Gemstones, obviously, you know how to spell Gemstones. So <laughs> all one word. Uh, but there you go. That, uh, that about does it for my Motivation Minutes today. So <laughs> quick little scanneroonie here. Looks good. See you later. Everything beautiful. Why don't we let these kind folks go on and get about their dog on Fridays yeah. here now, huh? How about it? First things first, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so, so much for stopping by today's show. Not only today's show, but every show, every single episode of the pod, our social media outlets, everything we do and the support that we see from you guys we just can't ever put it into words. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, <laughs> how did we even get here? Like, <laughs> how does this even happen? And and to be honest, it's it's just been hard work getting up every day and and <laughs> just trying something new. Um, we're not experts at anything, but we sure love bringing this content to you guys. And we're just going to keep doing it every single day. And uh, hope you keep rocking with us and keep helping us bankrupt these books one play at a time. So as always, let's get y'all on out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, and gamblers far and wide for myself and Mags. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have other plans, a, a an exceptional start to your weekend. Don't stay away too long. We'll see you right back here on the TTL pod on Monday. But for now, let's cash some tickets.